it's great to be together. We haven't been together since the Super Bowl, right? And that was the first time we were together in two years. In two years, right? And uh, so it's it's and you didn't really manhandle me the way that I think you would have wanted. Well, I wanted to. I know I didn't know how comfortable you were with it. I mean, completely uncomfortable. Well, great. With it. I don't know, but la- it wasn't as comfortable as the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl, you told me like, get away. I'm gonna kick you. I'm gonna punch you. You said that. So at least we're we're breaking ground here. We're I went straight better. into the old school. You know the old school like. Jack Dempsey fighting stance where they would do, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the right. bare knuckles. Right. Like, who, 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 who was ever intimidated like that? by that? Yeah, I don't know either. I don't <laughs> I mean, know. This is just, you just put your middle fingers back. That's what this stance is, <laughs> exactly. right? You know, EJ gave me quite an impressive mustache. If I could grow that mustache, I would. I, I can't I believe you can't. I can't believe you can't. Why can't you grow that mustache? I think you could do the mustache. The beard thing, I'm not sure about. I know, but like, I can't. No, huh? I can't. No, I can't. I can't. I haven't. I told you the story before. We went to the Catholic high school with no facial hair he gave- of any kind. So after we graduated, everybody grew a mustache, and they were the cheesiest things you could imagine. And I kept mine way too long, and it was horrible. It was horrible. Well, if I could grow that. I would keep it. I like how they gave you the like the good. I mean, first off, that's like it's it, you got an upgrade. I got a downgrade. I mean, that's just I don't like it. I, I'd beat the crap out of the guy that's on me or either one of them. I don't like either one of them, buddy. But that's you. You're 58. You're happy with that look. 57. So Shut sorry. Up. Whatever. One of those old numbers. But that other one, that's a disservice to me, EJ. And I know where you live, EJ. I'm going to come find you. I'm, I might have to strike that pose right in front of you ej how dare you do that to me <laughs> mine is largely accurate mine really is that's largely accurate i'm not yeah. gonna be taking off my shirt anytime soon for the camera but it's it's not all that far off yours yeah yours uh <laughs> yours yours is a little little a little on the thin side well yeah. a little on the weakling side it definitely is did you you got that little patch of hair in the middle of your chest too if we took the shirt off and no, saw I that got, no no more than a little patch no, no, although got, it's all gray now so you can't see it okay so you got some chest you got some chest hair that we're working with and i don't know i mean those arms that that guy has i don't know if your arms your arms are vascular and you're in shape but i don't know if you quite have that kind of muscle that's where i'll question that and throw the challenge all right. flag all right. <laughs> I just want the mustache. I don't care about the body. I'll take the body that I have. I want the mustache that EJ gave me. We are back. And to the delight of those who thought that we suddenly had a new set where not only are we together, but we're in a room full of old books with carpet that people were complaining about. It was a three-day thing. And actually for Chris, it was a two-day thing because... Friday morning, and he taunted me. I mean, he's not on Friday anyway. Why did you have to taunt me that you weren't going to be there? You're never there on Friday. I, I know. And I'm there, right? and I'm trying to keep the show going, and one of our guests canceled. Don't need three guesses as to who it was who canceled. And I'm trying to keep the show going, and you're basically giving me the middle finger from afar. Oh, definitely. No question. I was enjoying like my ride to the airport going, oh, I was up in Adam. I was up early, so that was that was not the problem. But yeah, I rubbed it in a little bit. I think I sent yeah. you a few text messages and you know oh, gifts you and whatever else. Oh wait, let me think. Who didn't? Who canceled? Hmm. I think. Let's see. Hmm. I'm gonna guess it's a guy that used to play safety in the NFL. Um, that used to hit people really hard. 
and he had a friend that got inducted to the Hall of Fame. I'm guessing it's that guy that maybe canceled on you. Yeah, sure, sure. I'll come down at 8.30. I heard him say that to you the night before. <laughs> we, we, we had the odds of him actually showing at 50-50, and I was shading a little bit below the 50 just because it was never really – a full-throated, I'll definitely be there. Yes, and and I yes. didn't expect it, and I wasn't mad about it because we had Matthew Berry hang around for most of the hour. And I, I, I'm delighted we have Matthew Berry. I, I told him I'm at a point in my life where I really don't want to meet any new people, but I was very glad to meet guy. him and get to know him and yeah. reluctantly expanded my list of friends. He may not feel the same way, but at least from my perspective – which takes a lot for me at this point to welcome someone in. Hell, it took me a while to welcome you in five years ago. So it's even more difficult to get over the wall now. Not that they're lining up to get over the wall, but that's okay. I still have a wall. Yeah, well, yeah, I know. Yeah, they're not lining up to get over the wall. Matthew Berry's an awesome addition to the team. And, yeah, I found out this weekend, too, that you know when I did try out for this show with a few other people, that when they asked you who you wanted, you said none of them. So I, so so apparently you didn't like me that much. They forced you. Uh, they forced me on you. Uh, Kareem Hunt wants none of the Browns to be his teammates anymore. How's that for a segue? Let's get to some of the news that emerged over the weekend because really, because I, 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 it was funny because you were you kind of had this reaction like, oh boy, I can't believe you said that. So it was kind of good. It was worth it. It was it was a little payback for what you usually do to me physically. I can only ever get you verbally so that was pretty good okay kareem hunt now this thing i think has gone full circle over the course of a weekend i think it's now over but but let's let's summarize what happened kareem hunt's wanted a new contract for a while i remember when he signed his current deal a couple of years ago i thought this is really team friendly and and now he's he's finally realized this is really team friendly Wants a new deal, hasn't gotten a new deal. All of a sudden decided he was going to do a partial hold-in where he wasn't going to participate in team drills, but would participate in individual drills. Wants a contract, wants to be traded. Brown said, no new contract. We're not going to trade you. Reportedly, the Browns were fining him for not participating in the team drills. And then on Sunday, he backed off. Like, this isn't working. I'm just going to go back to being, you know, the message sent to the rest of the league right. if anyone wants to trade for me, but they say they're not going to trade me. So, I, and before we hear from Kevin Stefanski on that, I, I, I'm all, I'm always a believer in a guy trying to get more, right? But you better be confident that that it's going to work. You, you can't, you can't just be a guy that that isn't one of the members of the nucleus of the team that takes a stand and they just smack you down and they don't care. I mean, you you have to at least be in a position where you've got enough skill and you've got enough equity with the team that when you try to get more, there's a pretty good chance it's going to work. And I think right now Kareem Hunt at best is on the bubble of being a guy at best is on the bubble of being a guy that could get the team's attention. And he clearly didn't. Yeah. I I think that's, that's the right way to say it. He's a, he's a really good player. He's talented. There's no question, but I mean, it's obvious he's, he's not the best running back on this football team. You know, he's not the bell cow guy. He's not the most explosive as compared to Nick Chubb. And I think you're saying that right. There's not a lot of ground to stand on here to where it's going to make the team go, oh, no, like, wow, wait, you know, we're not going to be able to live without you not practicing or being a part of our football team. He is an important part of the football team, no doubt, but he's not one of those crown jewel guys, Miles Garrett, some of the other guys on the football team where they go, whoa, wait, you know, we're not going to be the same team without you. Now, you know, they're not going to trade him. The run game's important, 
right? I mean, they're, they're a team that's built around the run, their offensive line. They're, they're going to try to keep a little wear and tear off of Nick Chubb, so he does have that value there. But they also have some other running backs behind him. And I think the most important thing to me, Mike, is you know, it, it, we're, how quickly we forget. You know, Cleveland is a team, you know, that took a chance on Kareem Hunt when things were not so great. And I bet you eh, there was a time before he got this two-year, $12 million contract where he was going, oh, man, I hope I didn't blow it and don't have a chance, you know, hope I get another chance to maybe make a little money. And Cleveland's a team that reached out, signed him, brought him back home to Ohio, and then, of course, gave him, you know, some change here. And it's pretty good change for a backup running back. Again, for a market where we're seeing running backs not get paid a lot, this is a guy that's a backup and, hey, still making $6 million a year. So, uh, yeah, I don't think – I don't imagine anything happening here unless they get just blown away by some trade offer by some other football team. But I think that's highly unlikely at this point. We'll, we'll talk about the number that you said of $6 million a year in a second. But let's be clear on this. Yeah. The Browns didn't suddenly decide to play the role of Father Flanagan. They saw a guy who was the NFL's leading rusher sure. as a rookie sure. who washed out of Kansas City after he was caught on video shoving and kicking a woman. He lied to the Chiefs about it. The video showed that he wasn't telling the truth. The Chiefs cut him. It was right around Thanksgiving-ish, a week or so after Thanksgiving in 2019, 2018, excuse me. Then he got suspended eight games, and and he and Nick Chubb became – the most dangerous combination of running backs in the NFL. Now, last year, Kareem Hunt missed some games due to injury. Some think Dearness Johnson have leapfrogged him. Now, I I looked at the team's website. They have yet to release the non-binding, officially unofficial depth chart. All teams usually put one out before their first preseason game. I think they're required to. But I, I suspect he's still number two. Yeah. Johnson did a lot last year when both Chubb and – and Hunt, where I remember that Thursday night game where he tore up the Broncos, but but it, we're we're not you know we're not talking about a guy where they just threw him a lifeline out of the goodness of their heart. No, I get and, you. And Chris, here's the thing about the contract: he has a salary of 1.35 million. He's got 200 thousand of his roster bonus tied to actually being available to play. He's got 3.4 million this year tied up in being in the 46-man game day lineup. And if he's not, every game, 200,000 is gone. 200,000 is gone. I wonder if they could placate him just by saying, we're going to give you that full yeah. 3.4 and yeah. not make you be healthy enough because you're playing a position, car crash. You're not going to be able to play. You know, last year I had per-game roster bonuses of 135000 a game. And how many games did he miss? Eight. It's like nine games. Yeah, eight or nine. You're like right, nine. Or either, he either missed eight or nine, nine. one or the other. With 17, it gets screwy. Right. But, yeah, that money's gone forever. There it is. Played eight games last year, so he missed nine of those checks. That money's gone, and it's never coming back. And I have a feeling that may be sticking in his craw a little bit. Well, I, I think so, and I think maybe that's a little remedy to the situation. We've seen that done before for really good football players. But, again, I don't know if I've seen it done a whole lot for the guy that, you're right, is – you know, we just explained it. He's the backup, but it's not by, like, a lot. There's some other good players there. I do think he is the guy. He's very talented. He's worthy of being a number one running back. I get that, too. 
But, you know, it, it seems weirder now because they took the chance on Deshaun Watson, but that was that was controversial at the time when they did that. And I think that's why he signed that type of contract because, again, there wasn't a lot of teams reaching out to Kareem Hunt going, hey, we want you and the video that you had, bring that to town because that's, that's good for business for us. So, you know, that's where, you know, again, I'm, I'm like you. I'm always for the player getting money. I am. I just have a hard time. You know, on this one, thinking he's got a real side to bargain with here, and he might just have to, hey, maybe do what you said. Maybe their agent can get something done, some sort of middle ground, or, hey, just buy your time and do your best to stay healthy this year and be part of that running back crew, and next year, hopefully you can see a pretty good payday with another football team that maybe wants to make you a starting running back. And that's not going to be the easiest thing to do either. He is 27. Yeah, he's getting up there, right. As of this weekend, and, and that, that's getting on the older side for running backs because you have that constant every year, new arrivals from college, full tread on the tires, cheaper they're under that rookie wage scale. You get them in the mid to late rounds. You're not paying much. You throw the guy out of the fray, and it's cheaper, far cheaper than what Kareem Hunt would want when he's on the open but, market. Let me ask, so. uh, I was just to say one, one more thing, too. I mean – you know, with the with like what you were saying, I know it's a car crash position, and we worry about that, and I understand that. But at the same time, you know, don't you feel like there's less solid there's less solid ground to stand on, you know, and saying, hey, I want to be the guy when they're going to go, well, wait, you missed eight games the first year you were here, you played one full season, and you missed nine games last year. Right. And what, why would we pay you more money when you haven't proven that you can even like handle the workload of being the backup guy yet? So that's where I feel like it's a little off, even though, again, that's it, the brutal thing about the running back. And I understand that. I don't want to sound insensitive, but I'm just trying to explain maybe Cleveland's view of it in a business you know, standpoint that way. Well, I'm sure that it has been an issue for Kareem Hunt ever since Nick Chubb signed the three-year, $36 million extension in 21. You hear about it from family members. You hear about it from friends. That's right. You're just as good as him. You're just as good as him. He's getting he's getting that much. He's getting 12 a year, and you're getting six, but you got to work for, like, most of it. You, gotta, you, can't even, you can't even be injured at the position that causes the most injuries in all of football, and you lost 135000 a game? Like, you know, that, there's just a lot. It, you, you get a lot of pressure. You I do. think in a situation like disagree. that, you get a lot of pressure from right. people around you. Yes. And that, that manifests itself. And he tried. Right. He tried. Right. Stayed out of team drills for a couple of days, realized that wasn't going to work. Here's Kevin Stefanski talking about the situation yesterday, specifically whether or not Kareem Hunt has bought in with the 2022 Browns. Yeah, I'm not going to call or go that far. Uh, Scott, I'll just tell you we got some work to do, and, and that's what we'll focus on. We're working. No, no distraction. This is normal. This is normal, guys. This is uh, NFL football. It is? As far as I know. He was asked whether, it's, whether he wishes he had a normal training camp. That was his response. This is normal. Is it with Deshaun Watson? Especially well, with Deshaun Watson. Now, it's, it should be normal because they, they did this. This isn't a surprise. So it's normal from the perspective of what they were signing up for when they traded for him. But I'm sure he hopes that this version of normal doesn't become the norm. And now you th- and, and that's the thing. Kareem Hunt picked a hell of a time 
to take a stand. No doubt. They're already freaked out about the whole Deshaun right. Watson thing. Now Kareem Hunt, a guy who's number two at best on the depth chart, says, hey, I want more money or I'm not going to practice in the team drills. Yeah, you you just tell that guy, sit down and shut up. We got bigger fish to fry right now. Yeah, uh, yes. Uh, I mean, you know, you don't want to maybe be that blunt, but it, it is normal other than the Deshaun Watson thing. Like, I mean, again, well, no, I know. That's a big thing. And, I, I, and again, I don't believe, and from what I know, I don't think Kevin Stefanski was the guy that was out there going, hey, let's get Deshaun Watson team. Let's get Deshaun Watson team. That's why I think before the break, you know, we had a few conversations where I went, hey, I kind of feel bad for the guy. He's been put in a very tough spot here. All right? But I think what he's saying is distractions, contracts, you know, dealing with 90 football players and having to deal with some, you know, hurt egos and some issues that way. That is normal business in the NFL. It is. Now, yes, he's been throwing the ultimate, you know, curveball there with Deshaun Watson. And I, and I also wonder sometimes with like, you know, yeah, the Watson thing's a huge issue, Mike, like you're talking about. But then even with um, a guy like Kareem Hunt maybe wanting more money, you know, the, the Deshaun Watson contract and that situation, I'm sure doesn't help out things either. So there's, there's a lot of things in play there, but uh, I'm glad to see that they got that figured out. They need their stable of running backs this year more than ever. I don't think you or I are expecting Deshaun Watson back anytime before week 10 at the very best. So that's where I look at it and go, hey, Jacoby Brissett, they're going to try to play a ball control. Hopefully their defense could be really damn good. And Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Deontay Johnson, and a few th- passes here and there. And I would imagine that's the kind of style of football they want to play. So uh, that's where he does have value to the team. And maybe we'll get some good touches this year to kind of show everybody, hey, like I am top 10-ish, top 12-ish as far as a running back goes in the NFL. Because, again, we, we saw that type of talent when he was the guy in Kansas City. There's no question about that. It seems like more and more teams are adopting Mike Tomlin's we want volunteers, right. not hostages, but the Browns are not one of them, at least as it relates to Kareem Hunt. You're not getting out. You're not getting a trade. You're not getting a new contract, at least not this way. Maybe that was the message that got him to practice. This isn't the way to do it. Not now. We, we want to talk about this. Let's talk about it. But staging a, a partial hold in out of the blue, two weeks into training camp, that is not the way to get the contract that that you want. So it seems like it's died down on the Kareem Hunt front. We continue to wait and see what will happen with Deshaun Watson. And that's the question I get from so many people right now. When do we know? When do we know? When do we know? There is no specific deadline in the personal conduct policy or the collective bargaining agreement as to when Peter Harvey has to issue a ruling. My reading of the documents is no hearing is necessary, so it could come at any time. I'm trying to find out whether or not the union asked for a hearing as part of its submission on Friday. I'd heard some noise late in the week that the union was possibly going to ask for a hearing before Peter Harvey. Not that it's going to matter. Not that it's going to do anything. He's still going to issue the decision he's going to issue. And I'd like to think the union would want it done sooner rather than later. Hearing just slows it down. So, Chris, it can be any day. The only requirement is that the process be expedited. There is no requirement that it be three days, five days, seven days. But I I kind of, with that word expedited, I kind of would expect that we'll hear something this week. I'd I'd be a little surprised if we don't hear something this week. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I mean, I I don't, you know, when I hear expedited or whatever, I don't think that it's like, oh, 
you know, two, three weeks down the road, I think, yeah, somewhere between the next three and seven days for sure. I'm with you there. And I think that's fair to all parties. I mean, come on. It's, this has been going on a long time. I know he's got to read all the evidence and do all that stuff, but uh, I wouldn't think it's going to take that long to, to make this decision. Yeah, it was almost three weeks for Judge Robinson to issue her decision after she got the paperwork from the parties, and there was no requirement that her decision be expedited. So it's going to be less than that to show that it's truly expedited. But they didn't, all they, look, this is, this is the other thing I keep coming back to because people are confused by this process. The union agreed to make it a situation where the commissioner or his designee had final say over the process. And they could have agreed to specific dates or deadlines. When they're sitting down, let's, you mean they have the language in front of them, they're going over it word for word, fine tooth comb. And they could have agreed, and maybe one side did and the other side didn't want to do it. I don't know. But they could have agreed to a specific deadline for the decision to be made after the paperwork was submitted. But they didn't. So now we just sit and wait, Chris. Yeah, just sit and wait. We'll see. I mean, again, I, I do expect the, I think like you, the the number of games to go up significantly. I just wonder, is it going to be the full year or is it going to be in that 10 to 12 range? I think that's where at least I feel I'm sitting at right now. And I don't know, it seems to be a lot a lot of the thoughts when you talk to some people around the league that it's, it's somewhere in that, you know, ballpark. So. 12 is the, the kind of loose. Like at the same way, six was the kind of loose number. Yeah. That 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 I had floating around before Judge Robinson suspended him six, twelve is kind of, but I still, I, there's still that part of me that says the league wants seventeen, the league's getting seventeen. Yeah, if they want to go to court over it, they go to court over it. Maybe they're thinking if we back off to twelve, they won't, they, they won't go through the whole effort to to try to race to the courthouse if it's just twelve. But I I. I th- maybe 12 and a huge fine to take away some of the money he made last year. Maybe that's the combination. Yeah. Uh, regardless, I, I've heard, and I know it's not even on the outline today, but it's still, I, I should have pushed for it to be in the outline because it continues to be such a big story. I, I've heard that basically what they do when they decide one of these, you know, all the people who have a voice in it, they just kind of sit around the room and talk about it and they try to figure out what the what the uh, the public is going to react to and how they're going to react. Again, it's a big PR. People act surprised that it's a PR thing. It is a PR thing. It is about it is. optics. Right. It is about how people are going to respond. That's why they even have a personal conduct policy in the first place. But it's basically lawyers and the commissioner and other executives sitting in a conference room just talking it through. And I, I've heard there's a concern sometimes there's too many voices involved. But even even with this process, because Peter Harvey, even though he's on the outside, he's part of – the inner circle when it comes to the personal conduct policy. So they are going to pick a number that they think they can sell that strikes all the balances they're trying to strike. But the most important one is never be perceived as being too lenient with someone who has committed this kind of misconduct Yeah, because that happened with Ray Rice. And I think if there's one way to go or the other, they're going to go more stringent. Go hard. I, uh, agreed. And, and I'm, I'm a little sick of hearing everybody like, you know, social media, TV, oh, it's all about the optics. Well, no crap. I mean, thanks, Captain Obvious. What business wouldn't be about the optics? Every major enterprise in the country is about the optics. I mean, we're in an age of we just take stuff, whether we know the facts or not, and we just go, hey, there, there it is. And then that perception becomes a reality. So, yes, it's very important. Of course, to the NFL, more than any other company, really. 
when you're an entertainment business and on everybody's TV for 25 weeks of the year on a Sunday and Monday, yes, the optics are very important. I, I'm sick of people saying that where they're like, oh, it's about the optics. No crap. Thanks, Captain Obvious. And, and that's where, and this is the last thing I'll say about it for now, the fact that we all know there were 20 people beyond the four whose cases were submitted to Judge Robinson, that's part of the optics. That's where the specific technical legal realities conflict with what the rest of us know. Yeah, right. 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 The rest of us know it's more than that. And right. so that fuels the expectation that it's going to be more stringent. So the union can, can huff and puff and say that's way too much for these four claims. Yeah, but it's not just— It's not four. It's, it's yeah. more than that. Yeah. It's not four, and we all know it's not four. Right. At four, and, we and found was, all this just with the four. Think what might have happened if we did the other 20. I don't know. Well, so. re- remember, remember the theory that they were all lying, that it was one grand conspiracy? Yeah. I mean, if, if we found that four of them are credible, were the other 20 in a conspiracy— I, it, it doesn't make any sense. No. Well, four of them are telling the truth. The other 20 are lying. No. It tends to give credibility to the rest. So, I, and, and then you throw on top of it, Chris, the fact that Deshaun Watson wasn't truthful. It's not going to go well. No. It's not going to go well. Agreed. It's going to be 12 or more, and I'm not going to be surprised if it's more. All right. Matthew Stafford addressed over the weekend one of the – Sneaky big stories in the NFL. It's not like Deshaun Watson stuff, but it's gradually, gradually building. Stafford, who's always been kind of low-key, I think tried his best over the weekend to, to, to get people to back off a little bit. Right. Here he is talking about the tendinitis in his elbow. I don't know. I just have a little soreness. We're working through it. <laughs> I felt pretty good today. I thought it looked pretty good. Um, but just trying to be smart with it and make me feel as good as I can feel going into week one and, and uh, while still getting as many reps as I can too. I'm just going through something that is irritating, you know, at the moment. Um, but I'm working through it. we got a great plan. I'm feeling stronger every time I come out here and throw. Um, I don't know if, if you guys were watching it, felt like I could make any throw I wanted to today. And just trying to be smart when I get those opportunities and make sure I can come out here and cut it loose turn it loose um, like I did today um, and go from there. I don't know if it's a baseball or a football injury. I'm currently play football, so um, I guess it's on a football player, so it's a football injury at this point. Um, But I'm not really too worried about what it's called or whether it's abnormal or not or whatever. I'm worried about here today, how did I feel? Let's continue to progress and get better. I mean, it's encouraging when you hear it from him, but Again, he's not participating in team drills. And, Chris, you explained this very well last week. And, yes, there's a great throw. That's fine. But there's a different urgency. There's a different everything when you've got 11 on 11 and you're looking for that guy to get open. And as you said last week, you're you're putting a little more on it. Right. You're whipping your arm a little bit harder. Body's in a different position. Right. Right. And it's going to be more likely to cause you elbow pain. Yeah, and no, it's a big deal. It is. I mean, you're right. It's the Super Bowl champs. It's, you know, a damn good quarterback who's one of the 10 best in football and came there and brought that team over the top. And it's been a whole off season of, you know, wait, we'll rest it and then it'll get better. Wait, wait, wait. We rested it for six months and we're still not better. We're still dealing with it. You know, I think it's encouraging that you see he can make those throws. That at least lets me know, oh, wow, okay, it's there, but obviously this is an issue. And, you know, I know there was a lot of, you know, 
raving reviews. I think that was the Saturday practice, or maybe that was Friday. I can't remember. Saturday, what, I it think. Was a I Saturday. It was Saturday. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, there's, there was a few throws throughout social media that were very impressive. But, yeah, this is, again, one of those things that, you know, you, you got to be ready to throw it maybe 50 times week one. And like you said, you know, really – put all, you know, everything you got into some of these throws and having your feet cockeyed and now, wait, I got to throw really with all arm here on a 20-yard crossing route to Van Jefferson or Cooper Cup. And that's what you worry about. So hopefully, you know, they can get that healed and figured out. From people I've heard around that situation out there, he's, you know, they got, you know, he's, he's seeing some baseball people in the baseball world to get it fixed. I always think, well, gosh, he's in L.A. and he went to high school with Clayton Kershaw. So certainly he knows somebody out there that knows how to deal with some tendonitis in the elbow because, you know, like McVay said on Thursday, it is typically more of a, you know, baseball thing. You see it from time to time in football. And, the, I mean, baseball is Tommy John surgery. You see two or three guys on every baseball team every year almost sometimes. Football, I, I mean, through the test of time, I think we were talking about this last week, all I can remember is Ben Roethlisberger, Jake Delhomme. Right. And am I missing any uh, Terry Bradshaw? Other than that, I've never heard of anybody really having the ligaments torn or anything like that. Sore arm, sore elbow. Brett Favre. I remember he had it one year and dealt with it a little bit. But uh, it is unusual for for a quarterback to be dealing with it quite to the extent maybe a baseball player usually would. Second straight year, we've got a starting quarterback in the NFL with a baseball type injury. Last year, Dak Prescott had the deep lat muscle back injury as we thought overcompensating because he doesn't fully trust the ankle maybe right. put more of his body into the throws because his base isn't 100 percent. that's a point that you make all the time when you have one area that isn't working the way that it should stress gets put somewhere else and you can get a problem somewhere else when the real problem is something else altogether no question and look stafford exuded kind of a casual, cool nonchalance about the whole thing that that was more persuasive it was. than the perpetual Sean McVay glass half full, everything's <laughs> right. fine, Chris, everything's fine, Mike, everything's fine, everyone. That I wasn't buying that. I'd buy it a little bit more from Stafford. Yeah. Unless he just truly just that's just his way, even if he knows hey, we got a problem with his elbow. He's a cool customer, there's no question, but I, I think, you know, like – you and I are always into reading tells, reading body language, and I did not come away with that going, oh, that guy's BS, that's, that's full of crap, and he's stumbling over some words and doesn't know how to quite answer that. It did seem like a guy that was like, hey, I'm okay. It's annoying. I'm dealing with it. It's not perfect, but, but, but I'm going to be okay, and, and hopefully they can get to the bottom of it. Yeah, Mike, I had it once in my life, and you know why I had it? Because I had a 10-inch scar going down the middle of my stomach. And I was that, – that next year after I lost my spleen, got to camp, and I was like, damn, my, my elbow was hurting, my shoulder was hurting, and I was just slowly falling apart. And, of course, yes, at the end of the day, I start to find out, like, hey, none of your core muscles are even working. You are throwing all arm. Nothing's connected. You know, lefty being, you know, that connection between the right leg and the left arm, it wasn't there. And – you know, hopefully they can get to the bottom of it, though. But, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm less concerned than maybe I was early last week. That's for sure. I think that, that workout in his press conference made me feel a little bit better about it for sure. It's another aspect by which the graphic of you as the bare-knuckled 
fighter was inaccurate. There was no tennis. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Dad, that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I and, and it's easy for us to say because we're not there in the press conference. And, and I still think a press conference is a horribly inefficient and ineffective way to get information because it's one after another after another instead of an interview where you can go back and forth and follow up. I, I would like somebody just to say to him, show us where it hurts. Like, wh- where, where, where is the pain? And and is it one to ten? Like, almost like a doctor would. Yeah, do. yeah. Because he's he's got a wrap on it. Right. And we're talking about it. Like, tell, give us an idea of what it feels like. I know what it. I still can tell you exactly what my elbow would feel like if I was at the baseball field as a kid and just throwing the ball too much. And you're walking home. I know exactly where it hurt. Yeah. Even now, I think it's that how spot. It felt. Right. Right. I. I. But I'd, I'd like to. I'd like to yeah. have him. Yeah. Explain that. Right. No, I, I, I hear you. Yeah, I, you're right. It would be nice to have a little bit of a visual. I would imagine, I mean, nine times out of ten, it is that spot you're talking about, the inside of the elbow right there where everything hinges on all the time, right? Uh, and, and him with an incredibly flexible arm, which makes him – that makes the, the ability to make the throws that he does there, to have the feet – you know, at nine and three on the clock and then be able to throw a 50-yard bomb down the middle is what made him Matt Stafford and throwing bombs to Calvin Johnson and whoever else through the career. You know, it, it is. He relies on that flexibility, pliability of the shoulder and elbow joint um, to, to make him, you know, a flamethrower that way. And I'm sure it's annoying the hell out of him. But, you know, again, we, we saw some clips, clips that were encouraging and, and – uh, I, at least it sounds like they're on the right track here. So hopefully, but we heard that in the spring, so I'm not ready to like totally latch onto that yet. One month exactly from today, the Rams host the Bills. We'll be there Thursday night to open the season. Not me, baby. I got uh, my hall pass. I'm not going. You're not going. Pre-game show. I'm not flying across the country, screwing up our whole show schedule, limiting my ability to be productive at my main hangout PFT for two minutes. At most on a half hour pregame show. We're only doing so a half I'm hour pregame show that day. I think it's a short. It's it's a short. It's or it, if it's longer, there's a lot of other elements and stuff. It's right. not. I don't know if it's a half hour or not. I, I doubt that. Yeah, I don't know. But it's a relatively short pregame show with a lot of other stuff in it. So I will be here. I will be involved. I'm just not physically going to L.A. And frankly, I mean, I vowed when I got back from the Super Bowl to never go to L.A. again. So it's kind of hard to go back there in the same calendar year. Well, that's just a bunch of bull crap. I don't know what to say about that. You Sorry. Need, you need Should've to be there. Friday. I mean, geez. Okay. I, that's you it. don't I, work on Friday and I don't go to L.A. Yeah, barely. You don't go to NFL game openers. Okay. <laughs> All right. I've All right. So damn. Three years. I'm going to have to. I've been there three years. So I've you're, been there since Bears Packers. So I don't know how that's going to work. We're on. I'm not. I'm not doing the show at four in the morning. I know that. I have a feeling you'll be replaced that week. Oh, I have a feeling. Damn. All you right. know, you know, you know who will replace you? Somebody who lives in LA and gets his ass up to do the show at four AM anytime he gets the opportunity, Miles Simmons. Hey, keep he'll wor- jump at the opportunity to do it. All right, keep jumping, Miles. You got it, man. Go ahead. You go for <laughs> it, buddy. <laughs> All right. Uh more on Stafford, because as as in the same division. The Jimmy Garoppolo situation continues to be unresolved. People are starting to make the connection. Hey, if Stafford's elbow ends up being a big deal like it was for Ben Roethlisberger three years ago, maybe Garoppolo ends up with the Los Angeles Rams. (laughs) I mean, that really would be something. And I think it would take a lot for that to happen. A lot. At At a minimum, he'd have to be cut. I don't think he's getting traded 
to the Rams. They would trade him anywhere else in the league. They would trade him and give a late-round pick to make sure he goes to that team instead of trading him to the Rams. It's not quite as bad as the Packers not wanting to trade Brett Favre to the Vikings, the Bears, or the Lions, but I don't think the 49ers are handing him to the Rams. But they may have to cut him August 30 when the rosters go to 53. He's not going to be on the week one roster, and maybe if Stafford gets injured and can't play at some point after Garoppolo's available and is still unsigned, that's the only way it's going to happen. That's right. That's Either right. Either way. That's the only way. Either way. Yeah. Garoppolo's not going to be... They've already made it clear. Look, he's been with the team for two weeks. He does whatever he wants. He goes wherever he wants. He's not involved in meetings. He's not involved in practices, and he's okay with it because he and the team are waiting for lightning to strike somewhere and knock a quarterback out for the season. And if not, he's going to get cut, and he becomes a free agent really late in the game. But his only chance of getting anything close to $25 million is if that lightning strike happens. He knows that. The 49ers will get a nice return with draft picks, and Garoppolo gets far closer to 25 than 5 if it's this Vikings, Teddy Bridgewater, panic our starter's gone. What are we going to do? Which is exactly what happened six years ago. Chances of it, minuscule, Chris, but but it's clear now that's what they're waiting for. Yeah, I, yes. I think you explained it exactly right. They're, they're going to wait for that. And he's willing to just because of what you said, even though it's probably hard, you know, and he's going, man, I'd like to get somewhere and figure out my life. Well, I, you know, hey, do you want to get somewhere and figure out your life? Is it worth, you know, losing maybe – $15 million over it, and that, that's where he's probably, okay, all right, I'll just wait it out. We'll see. Maybe I will, you know, get lucky and, and get traded and be able to keep this contract. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's a weird situation. It's very odd. I mean, it, it's really a, through the test of time or the NFL history, I can't remember a whole lot like this where we're going, hey, quarterback that went to the Super Bowl, went to the NFC Championship game, got replaced, still on the roster, hanging around, working out. You know, making things a little weird there in San Francisco altogether. But there's no way, like you said, that they're going to give him to the Rams. Nor would it, if I'm Jimmy Garoppolo, I wouldn't want to go to the Rams either unless you knew Stafford was going to be out for like the year or like 10, 12 games, something like that. You know, other than that, you're going there and going, wait, I'm going to get in there. Have to learn an offense real quick. I don't know how the hell that's going to go, and I might not do good. And then Stafford's going to come back and make me look not good when he knows the offense is going to come out, come around throwing lasers. So I don't think that's necessarily the best situation for Jimmy Garoppolo either, unless like Stafford is completely out of the situation for for twenty twenty two. That really would be the ultimate deciding factor in the rivalry between Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay. If McVay could absorb Garoppolo, assuming Stafford ends up being out for the year, and that's a huge assumption at this point, but I'm just saying the only way this happens, and if it would happen, my God, how how compelling it would be to see what McVay could do with Garoppolo and if he could get Garoppolo to take the Rams over the top. You mentioned it's kind of weird out there. That was one of the questions that Kyle Shanahan was asked on Friday when he met with reporters about whether or not it is awkward with Jimmy Garoppolo there and destined to soon be not there. I don't come up with anything. I mean, it's we have a real good relationship with Jimmy. It's there's no secret here of what the situation is. I think he fully understands the situation. We fully understand the situation. So um, we make the best of it. And Jimmy's out there. He's uh, feeling better and better each day. Um, I still see him. Um, I mean, 
we have a real good relationship with Jimmy, and he's done some really good things here. So um, fans getting pumped with him, and our players still love him seeing him. That doesn't surprise me at all. I think you have to report, you know, with the rules of the NFL um, today and stuff. I mean, you have to report. Um, so we made it the best for both. I mean, I think – I mean, if Jimmy wanted to be in every single meeting and wanted to do everything, for sure we would let him. Um, I would guess that isn't what he would want totally. And when we asked him, that was accurate. He didn't totally want that. So he's just trying to get his body ready for um, hopefully the next situation he goes into. One of the key ingredients to this, Chris, is that Jimmy Garoppolo has gone along with it. We talk about the Steve McNair situation from time to time. He knew there was a trade in place to the Ravens. The Ravens and the Titans weren't coming to an agreement, though, about compensation. McNair trying to force the issue by showing up and working out in the offseason and risking the possibility of an injury that would have made his $11 million cap hit, I think, at the time, something the Titans would have to absorb, even if he's not able to play because he dropped a weight on his foot or whatever may have happened if they had let him in. Jimmy's there, but he's not there. He's working out, but he's not really with the team. He's not in the meetings. He's not part of it. And he's going along with it because, again, waiting, being patient for that lightning to strike is his best play to get his $25 million. And, Chris, at the risk of jinxing Trey Lance, I don't know if I've said this on this show or elsewhere, maybe both, the lightning could strike with Trey Lance. There's no – if, if, I mean, if Trey Lance, if, if something happens and he can't play at all this year, who else would the quarterback oh, be if Jimmy Garoppolo is still on the team? They're going back to him. No no doubt, Mike. I, I think it's a valid point. I heard you bring it up once last week uh, in conversation. I don't think we actually talked about this on the show, but, but uh, agreed. I mean, again, the 49ers are a Super Bowl team. Uh, they're a Super Bowl team. I mean, I'm not sure they weren't better than the Rams, really last year as a complete football team it's just the guy number nine on the rams put the rams over the top i mean plain and simple but this is a team that's real it's ready to be it's ready to be had as far as the super bowl right now and yes i think your point there with trey lance i mean hey you know i think you said this a few weeks ago we saw trey lance twice last year he got hurt in both games arizona hurts his knee in a collision at the goal line you know, Houston Texans, whatever week that was, 13, 14, hurts his, he hurts his thumb, right? Or one of the fingers on his hand. So, yes, this is a guy that's still raw, relying on athletic ability, a little reckless, not used to speed in the NFL, used to kind of being the, the main man out in North Dakota State and being the one of the better athletes on the field, no question about it. And that is, it is risky. So, uh, I, I think that's probably another part why the 49ers are not in like some crazy rush just to you know, throw him out the door for, for anything. Yeah, and that would be the ultimate irony. The guy that they trade up to draft ends up having the same durability issues that Jimmy Garoppolo had, which is ultimately, I think, the main factor that caused the 49ers to fall out of love with Jimmy Garoppolo. So, uh, look, if it doesn't happen now, you can keep him past August 30 if you're willing – to keep him on the roster. By then, though, the hay's in the barn. The preseason's over. But, you know, that that Teddy Bridgewater injury happened at a practice, not in a game. It's possible yeah. he he mostly tore the ACL in the game. I I can't they, – they had a game against the Chargers in their new stadium, like, right before that, and I can't remember whether he took a hit in that game. I kind of think he did. But it's almost – remember what Deshaun Watson told us? Yeah. At the Super Bowl. Right. That his ACL was torn – 
he believed during the game against the Seahawks, that great game where Richard yes. Sherman sought him out and said, that's the best any quarterback's ever played against us, even better than Tom Brady. And then it went non-contact when he was just running in practice a few days later. So um, I, I'm, my point is, by August 30, there's still a chance. There's still a chance that even if the preseason's over at that point, and it will be, that, that something can happen between then and when Jimmy Garoppolo's contract becomes fully guaranteed. So I won't be surprised. I, you know, I've assumed all along they'll cut him when they cut to 53. They still could might choose be on to the carry him on the roster. Yeah. They and, still could choose to do it because the worst thing for them is we carry him all this time, we cut him, and the next day somebody's ACL goes kaflui. Right. And Jimmy Garoppolo, and they could have had something for Garoppolo. I think they'll wait until the last moment before they owe him $25 million. And the last moment is what? The day of the, the day before the game? No, I, I need to ask when that is. It's at some point before week one, just like in days, maybe hours before the game, whether it's when the roster's locked the Saturday before. Yeah, it's whenever like it that. is, they'll right. be keenly aware of when that deadline yeah. is because if you are on the active roster at that moment, your salary becomes guaranteed as a practical matter. There's a provision in the CBA called termination pay. You can use it once in your career. If you've got four or more years of service and you get cut at any point after you are on the week one roster, you, you, you collect all that money. You get to double dip. You get all that money, and you can go play for someone else, and there's no offset. I remember Josh Freeman did that with the Bucks when they cut him in 2013. It was a huge amount, like $8 million that he walked away with. And it happens from time to time. And from time to time, what also happens, Chris, vested veterans get cut yeah. right before week one right. because the team doesn't want to be on the hook for their salary yes. for the whole year. Yeah, no, that, that's, a big, that's a big part of the game, certainly. And then you know, we see that every year, too. Veteran gets cut, maybe gets re-signed week two you know, to another deal. But the big chunk of change that he would have made before they got cut is no longer part of the equation. So, yes, that's part of the song and dance in the NFL. And I could certainly see that happening. I could see that happening to where Jimmy Garoppolo is on the street, you know, week one, maybe week two in the NFL. Oh, man, week two, we're watching Sunday games. Someone gets hurt. Ring, ring, ring. There we go. We got to call Jimmy G. And now he's in some team's, you know, training or in some team's locker room that, that week leading up to week three. Uh, I could see that being the case for Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, it uh, it continues to be a fascinating dynamic in the 2022 training camp and preseason. And once those games start, and look, some quarterbacks will be kept in bubble wrap. Others will be playing. It's one of the news items we're tracking this week at PFT. How much will we see starters in these preseason games? Acknowledging that, especially for quarterbacks, that's really the only risk that they have is playing in the preseason. Because in training camp, unless somebody falls accidentally onto them in the pocket, you're not going to have that kind of injury. It's going to knock you out for the whole year. Let's take a break. We'll look at some of the quarterback competitions that are happening around the NFL in training camp when this Monday edition of PFT Live continues right after this. 